morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I'm your host here on Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Listen, what I tried to tell you about last week, I said last week, or two weeks ago, I said we'd be in Atlanta last week. It'd be crazy busy. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a show, a live show, maybe a recorded show. Is it going to be two hours? Is it going to be one hour? It was busy. It was a busy time. We did a lot of recording, especially on Wednesday, so it just didn't really... Time wasn't available for me to do a live show. Couldn't get anything done pre-recorded. All right, so you heard an encore last week. That means we got brand new material this week. It means you haven't heard my voice at least Wednesdays at 9 a.m. in terms of being live today, until today. So it's got to be exciting for y'all, I think. Exciting for me. I got to be back in front of this mic in the home studios on the Lower East Side. So what we're going to talk about this week in this uh, little intro, I'm trying to think what I spoke about you know, two weeks ago. I got no idea already, but I'm sure it was a great message. But what I want to talk about this week is um, <clears throat> many of you are familiar. There was some sort of big football game on this past, uh, what was it, Sunday night? And uh, one of the things that America likes to do, which is people like to do, if, if to, to a little, add a little interest and intrigue to the game, there's something called Super Bowl boxes. And the concept of a Super Bowl box is quite simple. It's There's 100 boxes, 0 through 9 on both sides, so... Um, you've got 100 total boxes of different combinations, one team on one side, the other team on the other side. So let's say in this case it was Patriots on top, Rams, you know, on the left side. And you had a, you know, you, you, you're randomly selected to a certain box and then the numbers come out and that's your box. So if you're, you know, smack in the middle and, and your number lines up as Patriots 2 and, and Rams 6, that means any time the Patriots, <clears throat> their score ends in a 2. That means 2, 12, 22, 32, 42. And then the Rams also end in a six. They have to happen at the same time. Six, 16, 26, 36, 46, you win money. Now, there's different types of boxes. There are ones that score and, and give out money for just score changes. So if you, you know if at any point in the game the score is 12 to 6, 2 to 6, 2 to 16, 2 to 26, whatever it is, you'll get money. And then there's also ones that are ending in quarters. So at the end of the first quarter, it has to be 12 to 6. It has to be... 22 to 36 you know it has to be some sort of combination of that and that's the way you win now there's a lot of just other ways to win you know it depends on your certain boxes but the one I'm going to talk about is I had a score change box so anytime and I had the box three six Patriots three Rams six so anytime the Patriots was you know three 13 and, and you know in this Super Bowl there were only two two real combinations so anytime it was 13 to 6 13 to 26 three to six whatever it was I would get um, in this case five hundred dollars and I put in one hundred dollars two the, actually I should say three of my friends split four boxes so we, we combined for four hundred dollars worth <clears throat> and one of our boxes was three six really the only one pertinent to this conversation and um this is a score change. So it pays out $500 for every score change, and the last score would get the remainder of the money. Now, in this Super Bowl, usually there's you know 10 score changes because you have the touchdown, you have the extra point. Um, to some people, I'm speaking total nonsense right now and gibberish. To other people, they're totally with me. So just follow along as best as you can. And um, in this 
Super Bowl on Sunday, there were only four score changes leading up to this point that I'm going to talk about. So there was another $8,000 left to be had on the final score change. So what happens is, you know, late in the game, the Patriots are up seven. You know, what I needed with about three minutes left, it was looking kind of bleak, to be honest. You know, I needed somehow the Patriots to get stopped in a certain field area of the field, I should say, and then kick a field goal, which it wasn't guaranteed. And he already missed one to begin with, so it wasn't guaranteed to hit to begin with. And then I needed the Rams to go back down, and they were down 10. So prevailing strategy really is to go and kick the field goal first and then a touchdown. But teams do either or because really it depends on the onside kick. But you would think if you, you're in opportunity to just kick a field goal, you would do that first. All right. But still, you know, odds of it happening with three minutes left were, I don't know, 5 10%. Minute goes by, two minutes go goodbye. The Patriots get stopped. That was my first break. They kicked the field goal. My second break, they hit it. Rams have the ball with about a minute left, no timeouts, going down the field. Still kind of looking, eh. But then they get there. They get to, like, that 30-yard line, that sort of sweet spot. You're like, all right, let's just spike it. We'll kick the field goal. You know, the game's sort of out of hand. There's, like, eight seconds left, but they're kicking a field goal. And this field goal would have made it 13-6, to my perfect box. The Pats three, the Rams six would have given me and my two friends a large exorbitant amount of money. And the kicker who shall not be named for the Rams, who by all, you know, by everyone involved, by any anyone that knows football knows that this guy is one of the three best kickers in football. He is relatively automatic. A 48-yard field goal is not considered a chip shot by any means, but nonetheless for him, he hits it 85, 90% of the time, 95% of the time. So I'm standing there in front of the TV, the people I'm watching with, about 20-plus people in the room, all aware of what's going on. The snap is there. Looks good. And the hold is good. The kick goes up, not blocked. And right away, just shanked left, wide left. 90% of the time, that goes in. 95% of the time, maybe, for him, that goes in. But for whatever reason, that 5% of the time, the one that I matter, mattered to me the most, that would have made my wallet slightly better I should not say slightly, largely heavier on Sunday night did not happen. And I'm sitting like stunned. I fall to the ground. My brother and another friend who are involved, our WhatsApp group is just going like, what the heck just happened? We had our sort of our miracle, so to speak. And then all of a sudden just taken away. Now, Seth and I, Seth Gordon, my co-host on after further review, we uh, talk about and we spoke about it on the show a bit, and I said, and he said, is it considered losing money, or is it considered you just never had it to begin with? Now, to me, it feels like I lost it, and honestly, I, I was really upset Sunday night. It's Wednesday, I've gotten over it for the most part, but, you know, it took me a while while I was thinking about it, Saturday, Sunday night, to say to myself, all right, it's meant to be. I don't know why. I don't know what I did that day on Sunday. I don't know what I did that Shabbos. The week before, did I do something wrong? I, I often, and, and this is maybe sad, this is maybe um, kind of lowly of me, I don't know, but for whatever reason, I, I get this guilt. Something when, when things don't go my way, and sometimes, honestly, this happens in sports. Like, when my team, for whatever reason, is there, right there, and then they can't do it, I'm always like, did I do something wrong? What did I do wrong? And I know there's there's millions of, hundreds of millions of fans from my, you know, my specific team, not hundreds of millions, whatever, tens of millions of fans from my team. <clears throat> and there are probably a good thousand people that had that same box that lost a lot of money just on that, and there's a thousand people on the swing that, that made a lot of money because of it. 
that they do something right and I do something wrong. Like, I always feel this guilt that I did something wrong. You know, I don't know what I did, but, you know, it, it took me an hour or two to be like, all right, you know, for whatever reason this was meant to be. I don't know why. I don't know if there's an <clears throat> an alternate universe. You know, some you know, part of me was thinking, you know, like tzedakah. You know, you're told you give a lot of tzedakah. In the next world to come, it'll come back to you. I, You know, I don't see how this necessarily applies here. I, maybe it doesn't apply at all. I'm not, I wasn't giving tzedakah. I don't know who the person that came out ahead because of that. Maybe they needed it more than me. I don't know. But for whatever reason, you know, I, I live my life, things are meant to be, and that helps me cope with these situations, and it, it doesn't help everyone, you know, and it, it, it frustrates, you know, as as much as it helps me cope, it it's still, you know, a frustrating situation because I don't know why it's meant to be, but it is meant to be. <clears throat> but I don't know. It, it was a very tough Sunday night. I kind of went into my apartment, didn't really want to talk about it. And then, you know, next day you, you kind of forget about it. You, I mean, you're you're sort of reminded it because anytime you're thinking Super Bowl, uh, what happened last night? For the most part, I'm over it now. But, you know, I can't help to think, you know, why me in a way? And this is a first world problem. You know, everyone has why me situations and, and, and terrible situations. And I'm just like, I didn't win, you know, X amount of dollars. A large amount, but nonetheless, you know. Something I want more than I necessarily need at this point. Why me and, and you know, why why was it meant to be? I don't know. But, all right. It was meant to be. It happened. It is what it is. We're going to get over it. Maybe in 10 years from now, I win the lottery, and, and, and that's how it comes back to me. I don't know. But God has a plan, you know, especially here. We always talk about how God is the ultimate producer in radio. We plan. We can plan a lot of things for a three-hour show. On Jam and AM, we could think a lot, plan a lot of things for the Kosher Halftime Show. But ultimately, it's God that, that he has his plan. And that's what's going to be ended up. That's what's going to end up being carried out. So, all right. Anyway, thank you for being uh, my therapy. My therapist here. You know, the therapy. Let me know how much I owe you. I appreciate it. So what's good about these airwaves sometime? I could I could vent. You know, I feel a little better just talking about it. So thank you all for bearing with me here. All right, we have two interviews this week. Back to our two-interview format here on Bite Size. The first one, 9.30 a.m. from Joanna Shepson. She'll talk to Dr. Mom Yael Schuster about the space program in Israel, something that is not talked about heavily at all, certainly not on this show. You'll want to hear that again at 9.30 a.m. Dr. Mom's Yael Schuster joins Joanna Shepson. And then at 10 a.m., it's the return of Tova in Israel. Tova Talks. She talks to Tippy Goldstein of the Hot Spot. That happens at 10 a.m. Eastern. We congratulate. We just wish a huge Mazel Tov to Tova on her recent marriage this past uh, last month, I should say, at this point. And we are glad to have her back on Bite Size. But we start things off with one thing and one thing only on Bite Size each and every Wednesday. And this week it is Mahabicha Shel Simcha on a Bite Size on Wednesday right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. שמעתי שעושים פה מסיבה בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני hey, נשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים hey, 
שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי, אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני, היי, הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי, לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים. Yeah, baby. 
bottom of hour number one here on Bite Size. And it's time for Joanna Shubson's interview with Dr. Mom, Yael Schuster, about the Israeli space program right here, right now on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network. Thanks, Yoni. So for today's interview, I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Mom, Yael Schuster. And uh, she's going to tell us some really cool stuff that's going on with Israel and spacecrafts and the space industry, stuff that I, I really think you haven't heard of yet, and you're going to be mesmerized. And this is great, great information for you to pass on to your children and tell them what Israel's doing in the world of space. So, okay, Yael, tell us a little bit about why we call you Dr. Mom. Uh, yeah, sure. So, well, first of all, I'm a doctor. I have a PhD in organic chemistry, and I ha- I'm a mom. I have three kids, and um, actually, my kids started calling me Doctor Mom. It was sort of a funny combination that really explains everything I do. That's all connected to getting kids excited about science the way that I am. And how did you start off, like, with introducing kids to science? What were your methods? Uh, oh gosh. Well, um, I think pretty much. Any time that you can get kids playing with science, doing something hands-on, they get excited about it. So everything that we do in our company starts with um, teaching kids and hopefully getting them to touch some science, some some hands-on experiences. And you actually sell science kits that people can take home and do some science experiments with their kids? Yeah, so we have a line of books and science kits that go together. Uh, Basically, you can read a story about some kids who go on scientific adventures and then recreate those adventures at home through the science kits that we've created. So now with that background information, tell us a bit about what's going on with Space IL and how you got involved in working with them. Yes, yeah, so Space IL is an Israeli nonprofit organization that was founded about eight years ago by these three entrepreneurs who were taking part in the Google Lunar Challenge, which is to uh, land a spacecraft on the moon. Um, and actually, they've, in this time, built a spacecraft. We got connected to it uh, about half a year ago. One of our company advisors is one of those founders, and he thought it would be a really great connection to make some exciting educational material based on their spacecraft. And so tell me about their spacecraft. They are hoping to land on the moon. And what's different about their spacecraft from any other spacecraft that's landed on the moon till now? So I think there are two things. First of all, the Google Lunar Challenge was designed to show what the power of individual organizations that are not governmentally funded could do. So Space IL is um, not a billion-dollar company like NASA. And um, the second thing, actually, when we started on the project with Space IL, we asked them, okay, so what's different between your spacecraft and, say, I don't know, standards in space crafts and they sort of laughed at us and said there is no standard the last time that you know people landed on the moon was 50 years ago before there were cell phones there, you just have to make it all up from scratch because there are no standards in landing on the moon that's why i think there are still those skeptics out there including my son who say did they really land on the moon <laughs> but um and with today's technology we were just talking about this actually last week on shabbos we said with today's technology how come they're not more how come we don't hear more often about things landing on the moon actually it seems like there's a whole new wave of interest in landing what's called a robotic spacecraft, meaning not crewed spacecraft, no people on them. Um, I think uh, China just recently landed one on the far side of the moon, and there are a couple more that are from different countries that are on the way. So I think people are renewed interest in, in getting there again. 
So it's, it, there's a lot of Israeli pride in behind Space IL, and the Israelis are very excited to see this happen. So it's actually going to take place in February. And, and right now you said the, the let's call it Bereshit, the um, spacecraft. The spacecraft. <laughs> um, it's on its way to Cape Canaveral or it just arrived there? Yes, yeah, so the launch is scheduled in mid-February on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. Um, you basically need a big rocket to get it out into um, orbit. And the Bereshit, the spacecraft, has landed, as far as I know, this morning in Cape Canaveral for the final tests and getting ready to launch. Wow, that's so exciting. And you were explaining to me before about what their technique is, how they're expecting it to get to the moon. Yes, yeah, so it turns out that if you want to just go directly to the moon, you need a lot of fuel, and fuel is really heavy. So Space IL came up with a really cool way to get around that, and basically they're going to be slingshotting around the Earth, using the Earth's gravity to go around it, and then go in farther and farther orbits from the Earth until it meets up with the orbit of the moon, and then it can get pulled into the moon's gravity. Thinking of a slingshot's a great example for that, sure. Um, and then how did you get involved? Tell me a little bit about your book. Right, so we sat down with Space IL and we, we thought about together how we could create something to get to more kids and to get them involved in this amazing story and this amazing pride of the Space IL spacecraft. And what we ended up working on is a storybook, sort of like a bedtime story for kids ages three and up, and a little stuffed uh, plush toy of the spacecraft itself that tells both a little bit about how the spacecraft works and also sort of the emotional aspects of teamwork and being small but achieving great things. It's really special. I see it here. It comes in English and in Hebrew. Um, this is definitely a book that I recommend everyone go out and buy for their kids. It's a great story time, bedtime story, and you're, you're promoting, you're teaching your kids that Israel is going to be one of the first countries to land something on the moon after the U.S., China, and Russia. That's pretty incredible. And Maybe describe, because the listeners can't actually see the plush toy, but describe sort of the different aspects of it, and then um, everyone can look on our uh, blog post, and they'll see pictures of the toy. Sure thing. So in the book, uh, the spacecraft comes apart, and she needs her friends to help her put her back together. So the toy itself is um, the spacecraft. She's really cute, and she has an Israeli flag on her front. And you can see the parts of her that come off, like the solar panels and the fuel tanks and the engine. Um, and you see also the antennas and her... her um, I said engine. We said engine. Yeah. We said antennas. And <laughs> Should we start over? Yeah. Okay, so uh, this toy itself um, is looks very much like the real spacecraft. It has um, a top part and a bottom part. It has a cute little face with an Israeli flag. We have solar panels that are removable that come off just like in the story where the spacecraft's uh, pieces come apart and she needs her friends to help her put her back together. has fuel tanks. Uh, antenna, a star tracker that helps her find her way all the way to the moon, and um, and an engine. And it is soft, has bendy arms that, that can be posed just like the spacecraft in the story. So actually, that's something important. Tell us a little bit about the legs and how they differ from other spacecrafts that have gone to the moon. So... Um, 
you might have seen pictures recently of the Mars rover or other spacecraft that need to move around when they get to wherever they're landing. And so this one actually just has four legs with special little feet that help with landing. But if she wants to move, what she's actually going to do when she gets to the moon, the real spacecraft and not the toy, um, is going to ha- basically make a little jump by using some leftover gas in the uh, engines and make a little hop so that she can move from place to place on the moon. And what types of things is, is Barry, Barry Sheet, the actual spacecraft is called Barry Sheet, what types of things are they, is she going to be testing on the moon? So she comes equipped with, in addition to the cameras for te- taking uh, pictures, um, she comes equipped with a special device that's going to be able to measure, take measurements on the magnetic field of the moon. And this is being done in collaboration with a professor at the Weizmann Institute. There are still actually some uh, question marks about the moon's magnetic field and how it was formed and what it looks like today. And hopefully she'll be able to answer some of those questions. So this is really exciting because it's more than just sending a spacecraft to the moon, but it's about creating a excitement for kids about space again. And um, you're going into different schools and Ghanim and museums around Israel to spread this story. And hopefully you'll start going around in the U.S. as well and, and share your book and your toy with little kids in America that they can get excited about this too. Absolutely. I mean, Bereshit is a huge source of pride for Israel uh, and for Jews everywhere, and we hope to spread this excitement with everyone who can. So if you're listening and you've got a special science program in your school and you want to bring Dr. Mom out there or some of the, the guys from Space IL, um, you can contact her at Stellar Nova, S-T-E-L-L-A-R-N-O-V-A, at funinjerusalem.com. Um, and if you're interested in looking at the book or buying the book, you can find it at thelittlespacecraft.com. The toy is not on the market yet, but it is coming soon. Hopefully, while the real beret sheet is circling around the earth, you'll be able to start buying the toy also. Um, anything else you want to tell us about the excitement of being involved in something so amazing like this? Yeah, so... Uh the actual spacecraft has a disc with all of these pictures and poems and kids' drawings, and we were able to put a copy of our book um, on this disc, and it's just so exciting to be able to create something that's actually going to the moon. So Amazing. And now it's you know 2019, and you can say that you're actually going to have something on the moon that you made. So thank you so much for sitting with us, and um, we're really excited to be part of this whole project, and we hope to actually have some future interviews possibly with the space il representatives to tell us a bit more about how it actually worked out so stay tuned for that and now back to you yoni thank you joanna and thank you yael schuster the doctor mom who enlightened us a lot more about the israeli space program fun in jerusalem.com on facebook fun in jerusalem on instagram i hope you took advantage of everything she had to offer over yeshiva break if you're planning a random trip in February, March, or maybe you're already pre-planning early for Pesach, listen, it may not be early for you. I'm just saying it's a little early. It's a, it's a few months from now, but never too early, I guess, when it comes to Pesach. So if you are looking for fun things to do when you are in Israel, start looking now because she will be busy later on and, and things might be packed already and, and booked. So funinjerusalem.com, contact Joanna at funinjerusalem.com. More music here on Bite Size, and then Tovin Israel joins us at 10 a.m. But for now, again, more music right here, right now on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network.
לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עד שנה? התקרנו יום? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך. יש לי, יש לי אמונה אני מאמין בניסים אני יודע שיש אלוקים והוא בורא עולם הכוח של כולם שומע את קולי אני מאמין בניסים אני יודע שיש אלוקים והוא בורא עולם הכוח של כולם, תשלח לי את הנס, תשלח לי את הנס שלי, יאללה! קומאדויואוווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווו
the world make over. Mashiach will come take over. You ain't gotta be me or see what I see. All you gotta do is take a look forward. Lift up your eye to the sky. Spread out your hands. Say thank you. Smile. Get them up. Put them up. Leave them up. Ha ha. Yeah, yeah. Pump up the value every day. Stand in place. Heart racing. No words to say. Pressure building. Trying to hold my face. Mind drifting like not today. Wake up from everything. Break out your shell and scream. Ha. Shim. You're the king. Ha. Shim. You're the king. Hashem Elech, Hashem Alach, Hashem Imloch, Le'olam Va'em. Hashem Elech, Hashem Alach, Hashem
top of hour number two here on Bite Size. And before we get to uh, Tova's interview, that was uh, that song, Od Yashama by Derek Achim, was all for Tova. We wish her a huge Mazel Tov on her recent marriage uh, just about a month ago or so. And we are glad to have her back here on Bite Size. And she starts things off with Tippy Goldstein of the Hot Spot right here, right now on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. It's so good to be back for a new Tova Talks interview with Sibi Goldstein. Hi. Sibi, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, so before we get into the new adventure that you're uh, getting into, can you give us a little bit of a background of who you are, where you came from, how you got to Israel? So, my name is Sibi, Sibi Goldstein. I uh, was born in Chicago, and my parents made Aliyah when I was a year old. Um, to Kiryat Arba. Wow, so you didn't have a choice in Aliyah. No, but I am every day grateful that they did it because, honestly, I'm not sure I would have done it myself. Really? Yeah. So, um, and I give credit to everybody who's been here. I love living here. Yeah. Um, and it's been great. And now I'm living in a frat. I'm married with four boys. Mama and boys. I got to meet those four adorable boys. <laughs> yes, we had an awesome shook tour with you. And really, they remember it till this day. They say, when are we going back? That's amazing. Um, so that's me. Um, so you're living in a frat with four adorable boys, and you just started a brand new business. Yes. Um, to really help parents in Israel. Um, well, why don't you tell yes. everybody? Yeah. So it actually came sort of, not by accident, but sort of by accident. Uh, I love being a hostess, and I came about this idea of a bar and bat mitzvah fair. Uh, my oldest is going to be having a bar mitzvah, Bezrat Hashem, in the summer. Wow. So that's, you know, in the back of my mind. And I just thought of the idea of having all the vendors, so the parents don't have to go all over the place, and have all the vendors come under one roof together. Right. Uh-huh. And, and that's what we did. I worked with a designer. We designed the room in a, in a feel of a party, a bar and bat mitzvah party. Mm-hmm. Um, I had about close to 30 vendors, DJs, photographers, uh, catering, caterers, the caterers brought food, wow. there were free tastings, it was live music, it was really, really special, and the feedback I got was amazing, and actually, I just also found out that, that uh, one of the caterers booked three new clients that, that they didn't, the clients didn't know about him, and you know, they didn't know, and it was just amazing. That's great, so you're like a shachan for, uh, yeah. for these yeah. events. Yeah, and I do it in a, in a fun and unique way, like I love hosting and I found my niche of what I'm doing in a in a fun way. Where do you host this fair? So this one was an Efrat and okay. my upcoming one is also an Efrat. Okay. Um, and how did people hear about it? Uh, I advertised digitally, Facebook, WhatsApp. I now finally opened Instagram too, so that's my <laughs> big uh, that's another social media platform. Yes. We'll get into all of the ways that people can follow you. Right. Yeah. So you had this amazing bar and bar mitzvah fair. Happily, I'm sure people are very excited that now they don't yes. have to go traveling to or even searching on on Facebook and right. you know yeah. on the um, all the different simcha sites. You know they could just exactly come it was to right there in one place, and they all had flyers. And even if the bar mitzvah was you know another year from now, they know they have an idea of what's out there. No, because it's very intimidating to be totally. honest. I made a bat mitzvah um, a year a little over a year ago. I did it all by myself. I didn't have a planner. Um, 
and I did. I had to search for everything myself. It all came together. But if I had a fair to come to, it's almost like a college fair, I feel like. <laughs> right? Like where you get to see all the different yes, vendors in yes. one spot, one room, walk from table to, ba- to table. I think that's a fantastic, fantastic Another idea. Another special thing we had there was also a chesed table. We had different chesed projects that are available for bar and bat mitzvah ah. kids also, which was somebody said there that even if it was just for that table, it was worth coming to the whole fair. Yeah, because around the bar and bat mitzvah, you want to do some type of chesed. So that's a fantastic exactly. way for them to get involved. So this fair got me thinking about all the different ways what else can I come up with and of course you know summer is always a challenge so of course. Oh, that's also very intimidating <laughs> especially for people that are moving to new Olim absolutely. coming to Israel and not knowing the camp scene that's absolutely fantastic absolutely so this upcoming fair which will be taking place on March 5th Tuesday in Efrat Bezrat Hashem is all about summer camps and programs and we're going to have some awesome vendors uh-huh. um, some of the camps that we're going to have are Camp Amichai um, camp Drawer, they have a regular camp and a leadership program who also integrate uh, the Yachad. Uh, Yachad Israel integrates into Camp Amichai and Camp Drawer. Wow. And um, we have Camp Kobe Mandel and All Star Israel Sports Camp. All these camps are also great for people who come from the States as well um, to join in. I have been seeing a lot of people asking, they're coming in for a month or two in the summer, and what are the camps? Right. You know, so that's great. So we're, I'm hoping to be able to get the fair after the fair itself happens to put stuff online so people who can't actually be at the fair but still want to be involved can get some information. So Okay, great. That's, that's the plan. Um, besides the camps, we also have some awesome workshops that are going to be there for people who haven't yet thought of their summer camps but want to make a camp. This is a great way for them to network and see what's out there to enrich their programs. Uh-huh. Uh, for example, Paint Party Events Israel and Busy Bazi, uh, uh-huh. Holy Simcha, and uh, those are the fun workshops. That's great. So the camps could start integrating other workshops. Exactly. It's not just for parents coming. It's for the camps right. also to meet exactly. the, the, the different workshops. And anybody, you know, like uh, a head of a matnas or a head of a, um, a community who's always looking for different things to bring to their communities and their camps, yeah. this is also a great opportunity. Different types of chugim. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and of course you always need the equipment for camp so we're going to have uh, Pack for Camp is going to be there they're also available at packforcamp.com and Shira from Kosher Swag we're really excited um, that's great so yeah those are awesome everybody vendors. likes swag <laughs> totally totally yeah. and uh, that's pretty much it we're there to help and you know help the parents so that they don't have to go all over the place with research, research. And Bezrat Hashem, we can't wait to see everybody. Amazing. So what you are doing, really, you're helping um, people. Life is very busy. It <laughs> and, is. And uh, the summer all of a sudden creeps up on people. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, what am I doing with my kids? And it's a long break. It's not like in America, necessarily, where it's, you know, eight weeks of camp. Right. A lot of times it's a week here, a week there, two weeks here. Right. Um, and it could be very intimidating. So what you're doing, you're really providing a service, really, for, I mean... I guess because we're in, even though you moved here since you were one, one, <laughs> you really are Israeli. I mean, I think of you as an American. Right, most people do. <laughs> um, but you're helping so many people across the board. It's not just uh, Olim, it's not just Israelis, but you're, you're really... Uh, combining provi- everything. Combining everything and, and, and providing a service that is very necessary. I mean, I, I want to come to the fair just to see, you know. You should. <laughs> I will. Good. Um, 
Amazing. So, and this is just, you're focused on the fair right now, but I right. feel like just, you know, knowing you from going from the bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah to the fair, there's going to be huge things on the horizon. Bezrat Hashem. Yeah, you got to stay and follow me. One more thing I just want to say yes, about the fair also is that um, there will be a financial coach there for, because a lot of these times the camps are not so cheap, right. but there'll be someone there who the parents will be able to speak to or maybe, you know, take a course afterwards on uh-huh. how to budget properly now, which is also why I'm doing it now, because uh-huh. the summer is because about five, six months away. Right. Um, and this way, if you plan properly, you can afford these camps, even if you think you can't. Right, because a lot of times the camp is more expensive than, than school tuition. Yes. In the summer. But, but we want everyone will... to be able to go, and then, you know, this is another right. way for people to feel like they can afford camp. Okay, so to be that sounds incredible. I'm excited to come see. I'm excited for all the parents to come see. And we're going. How can people find you and follow you so that they they could be up to date with all the information if they could come to the fair and even if they can't come, how to follow you afterwards so they could get the information. Okay, so first of all, anybody who wants to WhatsApp me, that's fine. My information is on my Facebook page. Okay, um, it's called the Hotspot because it's a place where you always want to stay connected to the Hotspot. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'm gonna link that onto the awesome post. And on Instagram, I'm Tippy Goldstein One. Tippy T S. T-S-I-P-P-Y-G-O-L-D-S-T-E-I-N-1. The number one. Yes. Amazing. Um, Fantastic. So this way people can find you, follow you, um, and see all the up-and-coming adventures that you're going to, you know, be doing because you came onto the scene, like, with a bang. It was like, (laughs) whoo, where... This was amazing. I was so excited about it. So I'm excited to see where you go from here. Um, and let's just talk a little bit about, you know, you said you're a mom of four boys living in uh, Efrat. Efrat. Mm-hmm. Um, so you moved here as a one-year-old. How is it to raise your kids living in Israel? Um, so I always had a little bit of a hard time with the fact that my family, I, my parents made Aliyah by themselves pretty much. All my family was in the States. Uh-huh. And I love the fact that my siblings are here, my parents are here, my kids can go to, you know, their aunt and uncle. They have over the summer. They've gone to my sister who just got married a little while ago and yeah. my brother just got married. So it's fun. Yeah. Um, we do have cousins in America that we miss, but we, you know, we try to see them when we can also and my in-laws also. Uh-huh. Um... But it's special. It's really special for me that, that that they're growing up here, and we have to remind them always that we speak English at home because they always, oh. you know, speak the Hebrew. But we, it is important for us to keep the English in the house. Did you grow up speaking English? I did. I did. Um, and my and everybody always says to me, "How's your English so good?" I said, "Because we spoke English in the house, and right, it's right. something that's important for me and my husband to keep up." Your husband also grew up in Israel? No, my husband actually grew up in the states. He made Aliyah by himself. Wow. Um, yeah, he actually came for yeshiva. And then did the army uh-huh. and pretty much stayed and we met here and got married. And Is there any advice that you could offer um, to people that are moving to Israel uh, with little kids based on how you were raised or now that you live here with kids? Um, wow, <laughs> I have to think about that. Definitely keep the English going in the house. They'll learn Hebrew. They'll pick up Hebrew, you know. Naturally. Exactly. And and it's important for them as well, growing up in Israel, to know English. Because college and everything else, it's all about the English. Um, and uh, But it's really special. It's a whole different ballgame living here in Israel. The, the, I feel like the priorities yeah. are totally different. And, and you, you really learn the values living here in Israel. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's it's special here. It's really special. Yeah. And I am thankful to my parents for making Aliyah. And I am happy and lucky to be raising my children here. Fantastic. And if there's one place in Israel that you could think of as your Israel happy place, what would that be? I think up north. Yeah? 
I think up north, it's just so, we just actually went on a, on a two-day getaway, and it was just so relaxing. We stayed on uh, Kibbutz Dafna, right on the Dan River, oh. and it was just beautiful, and it's so serene and green and just it's it's vacation but in your homeland right it's amazing isn't it amazing that you could vacation in so many different types of climates also totally <laughs> totally That's i love amazing. it and our boys always look forward to we always try to go away in the summer also a little bit and yeah. our boys always look forward to that you know family vacation here in israel that's amazing well i wish you tremendous continued success and i'm looking forward to a follow-up um, tova talks interview yes, with definitely. you soon soon to hear all about the up-and-coming exciting events that you're planning and doing um, but it, I don't. Feel, I feel like it's not just a one-time thing with this fair. It's really this is just the start. Correct. And uh, lots yeah. more to come. But Israel Hashem. I'm excited. So stay to, tuned. To hear and... about it myself. Yeah. Okay. So thanks so much to be for sitting down with me. Thank you, Tova, for the opportunity. Uh, Amen. Of course. Back to you, Yoni. <laughs> Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Tippy Goldstein of The Hotspot. Again, we wish Tova beforehand, but we wish her again a huge Mazel Tov on her recent marriage to Bitzalel Heller. I'm sure if you follow her at Tova in Israel on .com, Tova in Israel on Facebook, Tova in Israel on Instagram, you will see how she's uh, how she's been doing, how she's been enjoying her marriage, and she's back doing Shook experiences, and she's back now here with Tova Talks, so uh, it looks like Life for her is back to normal, and we're glad to have her back here as she continues to provide great guests and interview for us here on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network. So again, huge mazel tov to you, Tova, and we look forward to hearing from you more often over the second half of this season. We have more music coming up. This segment that has no name is TBD, I would say more unlikely than not, but plenty of great music here, and then we'll wrap things up for Avrami's live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. But for now, like I just said, more music right here on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network.
Hashem, here we go now, here we go again. Oh, ye knew a yunukechomim. It's like you're sleeping, sleeping. Nosimo, lacey, pinu. There's a smile deep, deep within you. Ushanainu, Rina, Rina. This song's for singing, Rina. Shiramaloi's fish of Hashem, here we go now, here we go again. Oh, ye knew a yunukechomim. It's like you're sleeping, sleeping. Nosimo, lacey, pinu. There's a smile deep, deep within you. Ushanainu, Rina, Rina. This song's for singing, Rina. Sham she Mesura 
Al menas lika bil pras Al tiju kenya vodi mam sham shim sura Al menas lika bil pras Al tiju kenya vodi mam sham shim sura Al menas lika bil pras Al tiju kenya vodi mam sham shim sura Al menas lika bil pras
אתה מרגיש שאתה כל הזמן רוצה להספיק הכל פשוט תזכור כי הכל כתוב מלמעלה אז תנסה סמוך על הבורא הכל יכול שוב יש תנועה בדרך אל העבודה אתה צולח אחר אל הפגישה ואולי מרגיש שכל יום כמו מרוץ גם, גם אם אתה קצת מתוסכל, ונראה לך שזהו המזל, תח בשם ותאמין בו. דספסיטו, קח את החיים שלך ודספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו, לכל הכבה זה טוב, רק תאמין בו. דספסיטו, קח את החיים שלך ודספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו, לכל הכבה זה טוב, רק תאמין בו. שלא יבוא קרידו, לכל הכבה זה טוב, רק תאמין בו. דספסיטו, קח את החיים שלך ודספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו, לכל הכבה זה טוב, רק תאמין בו. ואז פתאום תראה שלב עוד בלי לחצים אפשר ללמוד, הכל יהיה פשוט מאוד, אחרת איך אפשר לשרוד את החיים שלך, תתחיל לקחת הקלות. מה זה כסף? אך בלי יושר אין לו משמעות עצור לחשוב לפני שתאחר את הרכבת הילדים גולדים ומה נשאר רק המזכרת תגיד להם איזו מילה טובה ותחבק יש רגעים שבשבילם תתנתק ניסית ניסית, מה שלא עשית את הכל רצית, בנית בנית ומה שלא ראית איך שהזמן עובר כאן ולא יחזור שוב לאחור לחייך אם אתה מרגיש שאתה כל הזמן רוצה להספיק הכל פשוט תזכור בכל 
so many tears we are comforted by you Akiva Akiva We have known it would take this long Clinging to your hopeful words, trying to be strong You're the one who taught that we too can find Beyond the pain and sorrow, there is a greater plan in mind That one day we'll see the glory of our eternal base amikdash As the sounds of laughter fill our streets again Our elders and our children in the city of our king many years our faith remains the same that soon the time will come when we will know of no more pain and though we've cried so many tears we are comforted by you Akiva Akiva And though we wait for so many years, our faith remains the same. That soon the time will come when we will know of no more pain. And though we cry, so many tears, we are comforted by you. We are back here on Bite Size to wrap things up here on the Nachum Segal Network. Let me tell you, usually on this show, and I preach it, and I have, you know, I take pride in it, that we do a lot of fast-paced song, the upbeat songs to, you know, get juices flowing. You're usually the the show starts at nine. You're just getting to work. A lot of you, maybe you're in school, nine to eleven. You know, get let's get the day started with some upbeat. You know, it's Wednesday, middle of the week, hump day, as they say. So let's get the juices flowing. But listen to Ruvain emailed me and he said, you know what, Yoni? I know you set the playlist on Tuesday, which I've said to you. I do. He said, I want to get a little new Baruch Levine album in there. I said, you know what? For the last song of the day, before we get to Avrami's Live Lunch coming up shortly, I'm going to play this slow song from Baruch Levine's new album. It's called Akiva Nechem Tanu. Nachum plays it a lot and I've like listened to it. I'm just like, wow, I like this song. I, I like the chorus. 
I know it's slow, but I like the song. So I said, you know what, listen to Ruvain, we're going to go with this. Switch things up as the last song of the day. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed it. And again, like I say always, I set the playlist on Tuesday. So if you ever have song requests, feel free to email me, Yoni, at NachumSiegel.com. All right, before we wrap things up, I want to remind you that the Kosher Halftime Show is available on YouTube, on Facebook, or on NachumSiegel.com. Go ahead, like it, share it, um, post it on people's walls, WhatsApp it to everyone. I don't know, whatever the cool kids do these days. Make sure everyone knows about it. I personally find it funny. There are some scenes in there, and and you know we've spoken about it on the live lunches. The linebacker scene, and if you haven't, if you're not familiar with the Coach Draft Time Show yet, I'm telling you, check it out. But the linebacker scene specifically, I'm not kidding. That night when we kind of discussed it, and after you know what happened, I was literally rolling on the floor laughing, hearing some of the behind the scenes stories from it. You know, because I wasn't specifically there for that specific shooting with whatever was going on. You know, myself and a few others had other things to take care of. And I'm listening to these stories and I'm literally rolling on the floor of where we were saying and just dying. It was the funniest thing in the world. And and when you watch the video, you'll you'll realize why. Now, um, there's that Sammy K who was phenomenal. You know, I know there are not, you know, not everyone's into rap and I get it. You know, I, I am into rap, but not everyone's into rap. What he does, you know, in this video is incredible, and then equally incredible is Daniela Javiel, both in his in his own right, just you know the songs that you'll hear throughout the Kosher halftime show with him, but also his ability to play the violin is second to none. It, it's absolutely incredible, and the way he and Sammy K collaborated for about a minute in the video is insane. So I mean, there's so much material, a lot of funny things, a lot of cool things. Check it out again, Kosher halftime show 2019, available on our Facebook page as well on YouTube. And our website, NahumSeal.com. I promise you, you're going to have a good time. It's not long. You know, it's the halftime show in America is, what, what is it, 20 minutes? And frankly, this year's was garbage. I'm telling you, we put out a better product. And a lot lesser and a lot lower of a budget. And maybe names that are not necessarily world-renowned, like Maroon 5 and Adam Levine and Travis Scott, who, by the way, homeboy from Houston. But I'm telling you, our kosher halftime show, 16, 17 minutes, whatever it was, Go ahead, check it out, YouTube, and on Facebook. All right, I'm going to kick it off to Avrami. His Wednesday live launch starts in just a few seconds. Thank you all for tuning in to the last two hours here with me on Bite Size. I'd like to wish you all a great day and remind you that the Bite Size is always, always, always the right size.